So if you have your Bibles there, Hebrews 6 and verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Everyone say repentance. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. In other words, dealing with sin from dead works and of faith so toward God. So there's the second one. And then verse 2, of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying out of hands. So here we have the, the, the birth of the Spirit, water baptism, spirit baptism, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. In other words, there's eternal life, there's a resurrection, and there's eternal judgment, or there's a hell to be shunned. So I'd like to preach to you today from uh, this verse let us go on. Can you say that with me? Let us go on. Could we lift our hearts together, lay your Bibles aside for a moment, and let's just lift our hearts, our voices. Father, right now, I praise you because your anointing is here and your word is real. Lord, this has been a very, very fast-moving holiday. It's been like things that we would never have expected. It reminds us of how life really is. But Lord, I ask you right now to touch lives through the word today and let us receive from Hebrews today your divine purpose and plan for our future, for the days ahead and a new year. And we will give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm not going to preach more than a couple of hours. I've made my mind up that I'm going to. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to preach a moment here. But I'm preaching today from the subject, let us go on. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. The word leaving there is very interesting. I want to look at that. But then he goes on and says, let us go on unto that's the king james let us go on into perfection and then he begins to lay out the foundation of what we are leaving now sometimes moving forward is the hardest thing in the world and uh, it's not easy to do it's uh, when we think of a new year and all that's going on some people fear it some people have already had enough christmas is about all they can take and there are a lot of things that happen in life and and I think of some of the families this year. I think of some of the homes where they didn't have enough food, and and I would leave, and I would think, I I, I don't know if I could eat another bite, Lord. If 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 uh, these folks don't have food, I I can't. I don't want to eat. I want them to eat. Then I will eat, and so on. So we all know what it's like for people to face hardships. But I'd like to talk to you about the strength to go forward as we symbolically look at the new year. Now, we know it is a new year because it's going to be 2015, but there's really nothing different other than it's just another day. I asked someone recently uh, about their uh, experience in the holiday, and, oh, it's just another day, they said. And I said, well, that's true. It is just another day. And uh, a lot of things may have happened, but, but there's something symbolic about all of it. For example, the celebration of the Lord's birth, very, very powerful symbolism. And then the new year, which we're facing now, now, this business of leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, I want to begin there, uh, which basically means moving forward, get away from where you were, move on to something else, is a Greek word, and I know you don't care, but I, I want to mention it to you. Uh, Ephemi is a Greek word that has se several uh, 
uh, meanings. In other words, words can have more than one meaning. And this word does not imply that we're to abandon the foundation. Praise God. Amen. How are you doing back there, Sister Tamisha? Are you okay? She said she might have the baby while she's at church today. So I said, all right, we're going to be ready for you. She just got out of the hospital, and she's not supposed to be having bed rest. And I, she said, I'm coming anyway. And I thought, that's all. That's just what I'm praying for is to deliver a baby in the sanctuary. No, I'm just kidding. But have a baby right here. Oh, glory to God. But anyway, so good to see you, though. God is good. She got the Holy Ghost. God's working in her life. And God's going to help her. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, so, so this business of leaving the foundation is not the idea of abandon. In other words, I'm going to leave it. like, uh, and Not in that sense of leave. So don't, don't, don't get that wrong. But leaving of the foundation in its place. In other words, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to leave it as it is. I'm not going to mess it up. That's how many if, some of you are not not with me, but I'm I'm going to try to get you with me. The foundation Praise God. Praise God. Am I too I'll back up if you need me to. The foundation is not to be tampered with. If you tamper with the foundation, you've messed everything up. You can't go forward. The idea of going and leaving the foundation means you're done with it. Now you move on to the next thing. You don't destroy it or get rid of it. So obviously that's not what he means. So now we know that our world, like never before, our world's in trouble. If we ever needed a foundation, we need a foundation now. Praise God. If we ever needed hope, we need it now. And, uh, and that's why we don't, I mean, I may jump around Pentecostals. We do all kinds of things. But I want to tell you something. This world needs the power of God like it has never needed it before. This is a day when people need to know that God is real. They need to sense that he's real. And so many are living in fear. Uh, our youth are not safe on the streets. We have to be concerned. I pray every single day God will keep the saints. And as this church fills up, I think about all just this week. I cannot tell you. I, I'm trying to keep myself in my composure. But this has been a very difficult week for your pastor and his wife. It's been uh, my mother is very ill. My mother-in-law is critically ill. I get word that one of our brand new saints just got the Holy Ghost. Has been attacked by four men and nearly killed. I mean, I want to. And, and we had a death. One of the dearest lives. It's like Lord. And, and, and the devil is the accuser of the brethren he would love to make us think oh well you see you've got to face all the why there's no God out there I want to tell you something devil our God is able to do everything we need him to do we are standing on the foundation we're not reinventing religion we are standing on the rock not even the elderly are safe I mean, you say, Brother French, what's that mean? That means we're living in a culture that's completely lost its way. Oh, praise God. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, oh, I, I'm stirred up. I need to calm down. Now, I don't mind jumping around and all that, but I'm, I need to preach what I, the Lord's given me today. And I'm stirred, I'm stirred, I'm stirred. I preached a sermon Sister French will remember it. She catalogs them and then she tells me. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she likes every sermon I preach. Amen? No, I'm just kidding. She, no, she does. I'm just kidding. 
And I preached a sermon some years ago, many, many years ago, that if we continue to abort the unborn, we will kill our elderly. It is just a matter of logical consequence. You cannot lose sight of the value of life in the unborn and then think that you will value life in the elderly. It will not happen. And we are seeing it in our day. We are seeing a sense of youth who think, and I'm not criticizing all youth. I'm just saying there is this, there's this danger. It's prevailing. It's in our music. It, it, it's in, our, uh, it's in, our, uh, in, in what I call the crime culture, the idea that nobody has any value. If I want what you've got, I'll knock your brains out to get it. That's the kind of day that we live in, a day when people know nothing about the value of human life. Instead of the elder being elderly being treated with respect and so on, they're targets. They're breaking into their homes. I read the other day of a family that was murdered in their home. They were they were they didn't have they could have just pushed them over. But no, no, we can't just leave them. And and what I'm trying to tell you is if there's ever been a day, now you listen to this preacher, if there's ever been a day that we need the foundations of truth, it is now. We need the will of God in our lives. The Holy Ghost is talking to you today. And God is trying to show you that there is a future, there is a plan and a purpose. I don't care what it is you face. God is still God. So I'm saying that you had better stand firm and don't think that you can improve on God's plan. You just need to accept the word of God and live it. Just live it. Okay, I'm going to live that. I'm going to do the best I can. And you do your best. How many knows that God's a good God? He's good all the time. You obey Him and He'll be good. He, he'll, he'll take care of you. He'll do exactly what He said He would do. Hallelujah. So don't you let anyone in this dark world shake your faith. That's the foundation Hebrews 6 is talking about. First He said, uh, well, we won't go read it all again. But number one, sin. Sin is sin. I don't care if a, if a professional basketball player says it doesn't matter uh, where you sleep around. It does, some movie star says oh, none of that matters. Marriage doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, what Sin is still sin. And the word of God is true. Number two, you must be born again. You must be born of the water and the spirit. And there is a heaven. That awaits you. You have an eternity. The devil is so mad he cannot stand for a single preacher to, to dare to, to, to suggest that there will be an eternal judgment someday. But that's the foundation of which I believe, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, of course. So let me tell you clearly. There is one plan of salvation. It's given clearly, it may be in its clearest form in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. They ask him, after they crucified Jesus, they ask uh, uh, the apostles, what, what, what shall we do? Just those uh, four words, what shall we do? At the end of verse 37. And then verse 38, Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. So there it is. And, okay, and repent. And it's not ended there. Someone said, oh, well, if you just, no, 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 friend, you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. 
Now recently, I had a bunch of theologians and they were all saying, French here's got a PhD and he believes everybody's got to be baptized. Like I was Hitler. I said, no, no. Doesn't make a, a doesn't, you may not like some of my phrasing, but you know, we, we, we got to where we would say, it's not worth a hill of beans. Have you ever heard that? Does that sound disrespectful? Oh, it does. Okay. Uh, no. Oh, I thought they said yes. Um, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I said, I, I wouldn't care if you were baptized. I said it. I know that some of you will not. You will be disturbed. It was a big university and all these people around there. And I said, I wouldn't care personally if you were baptized in lemon juice. That's what I told him. I wouldn't care how you were baptized. I have nothing in the stakes. If God says you need to be cleansed with water, then water it is. And the devil hates it because God has spoken and given you the greatest opportunity in the history of the world that you can step into water and have your sins washed away. Someone, one of the guys there went, oh, oh, well. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I'm sorry. He didn't do it quite like that. He said, Talmadge thinks that water can wash their sins away. And he made some statement like, the oceans couldn't wash your sins away if you poured them from buckets for a million years. It's something very grandiose like that. And I kept going, no. No, I never said that water can wash your sins away. I said it requires water, but that's not what washes your sins away. There is a name, hallelujah. There is a God that is greater than every defeat you've ever faced. There's a God that's here. He's here right now. He's working in your home. You can turn the channels. You will never get away from it. God is working in your that name is what washes sins away. It's nothing to do with the water. One of the preachers said, well, you know, if, you, if water could wash your sins away, you'd kill all the fish. I said, well, we use a baptistry. There's no fish up there. But anyway, it's no big deal. But I said, of course, if water could wash your sins away, you'd want to bottle it. How foolish it would be. But you see how... How clever we can be. Something as simple as lead me to the water. The devil says, forget the water. Do your own thing. Oh, no, friend. Don't ever forget the foundation. I'm going to make my way to the water. Hallelujah. I want to be baptized. Praise God. Repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. One guy said, it doesn't matter what name you're baptized in. I said, oh yes it does. It matters because there is one name that is above every name. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's a powerful and glorious name. It is the name of Jesus Christ. 
and it can remit your sins. And it's taking me a while to get through Acts 38 here. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I suggest today that we are talking about the foundation. But my message is not the foundation. You think it is because I keep wanting to shout about it. But I'm not preaching the foundation. I'm telling you that we must leave it in place. And then let us go on. Let the devil fight. Let the devil say, I'll have your kids. I'll take your grandchildren. Let the devil fuss and scream and squirm. You've got a God that is bigger than any devil. Let us go on in faith. We're going to have a year of revival that shakes the foundation of hell itself. Because we have stood upon a foundation that leads us. We plan to do more than barely be saved and figure out that there's a heaven. Some are still wondering, well, there's probably no heaven. We're just going to all die like dogs. And then we're just going to, you know, some people, uh, uh, who, there's a big flap recently about whether dogs go to heaven. I'm sorry to preach like this. And they were fussing. They said, oh, so-and-so, the dogs are going to heaven. I said, well, you don't have any problem with them here. What would you care? Well, the pounds, you know. We don't want all those pounds. Barely able to know whether there's an eternity or not. And whether we're different from dogs and cats. That's the world that we're in. Any religion will do. Anything will do. Oh, my friend. No, we've, uh, we've settled all that a long time ago. <laughs> There's a heaven that we're getting ready for. And we plan to do more than just make heaven. Are you listening to me, church? Our goal is not to just make heaven. Our goal is to tear down the gates of hell as we march into that great city. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Everybody say, shall not prevail. They're not going to hold the church back, because hell is going to yield itself to the kingdom of God. You and I know that people resolve honorable things all the time, every year. Uh, for example, let's, I'm trying to think of something like to lose weight. That's the number, number one, I think. I'm not sure. How would I know? Maybe I'm revealing myself. To lose weight. I've met several people uh, just recently that their resolution was to stop smoking. And I said, that's good, good, good for you. That's good. They asked me, did I smoke? I said, no, I don't smoke. Never have, don't smoke. And uh, this is all because the new year represents for people a, a brand new chance. It represents a start. 
So they've been attempting all year long for their dreams to come to pass. And they feel like that they this year is fading. Their dreams are also fading. And so now they begin to think. So they hold on to a hope that the new will allow them to see their dreams come true. It's a very powerful thing. And I know it's all symbolic because, you know, it's, it's just, an, uh, just another day. That when you get up in 2000, it's another day. But symbolically, it reminds us that the dreams that we have can come to pass. Can I suggest this morning that Paul is urging us to do this very thing in Hebrews? Let us go on. We can make up our minds. We can hope. We can resolve in our spirit. We can resolve in our hearts. Lord, in my heart, I am going to remember God. I resolve this in my spirit. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. Now, remember, I'm almost done. Remember Daniel, when he, uh, when everybody said, uh, when in Rome do as Romans do, uh, I don't know if they actually said that, but that was the idea that uh, they said to Daniel, okay, you're, we've captured you and brought you into Babylon. Now you've got to do like all of us Babylonians. And Daniel said no. He resolved, listen, he resolved in his heart not to be defiled. I won't eat that. I will not be defiled with that which has been offered. He made up his mind that he would never disobey God, but that he would live holy. He would wrestle with holiness until he understood it, and he would, no matter what the king said, he would take whatever steps were necessary. And my friend, you can resolve to live for God in a world that says, no, no, but God can save you and your family and your children and your grandchildren, your neighbors, your co-workers. The Holy Ghost is falling all around us. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Father, you are able to help me to live for God. So you say to yourself in this coming year, I will live for God. You say in this coming year, I know it's symbolic, but you say to yourself, I will please God. That's what you say to yourself. Now the devil says, here's what he's going to say. I'm just telling you right now. He's going to say, you could never live up to that. That's what he's going to say. And in the minute you fail, he'll say, throw that out the window. See, he wants the baby with the bathwater. He wants you to take the baby, the water's dirty, throw the baby away. That's what the devil wants. But you say to yourself, just years coming, you just say to yourself, I will live holy. You just say that to yourself. Now I may fail, I may not know all about it, but I will live holy. And let me say with the unction of the Holy Ghost, let us go on hallelujah let us move forward in the purpose of God let's fight the tide of compromise and worldliness that's invading our culture and let's move forward with faith in the spirit in these last days my friend Jesus is coming this is no time to miss the boat it is time for us to move on upon the foundation that has been planted and live according to the word of God. Many examples in the Bible show us how they resolve like Daniel. For example, uh, Jacob, remember Jacob, uh, 
I mean, I can think of two more. Jacob said uh, uh, he was wrestling, or his brother was, uh, he was having a horrible time with his family, and uh, they, in fact, they were going to kill him, and, and uh, he was wrestling with God. It, the, this is the, what we call the famous Jacob's ladder, where Jacob had the, the dream or the vision, he saw the ladder, and so on. And, and, and when he got done, some of you are going to croak. I'm just reminding you that he, he resolved. The Bible said he resolved it. Here he was fighting all these troubles in his family, and he said, you know what I'm going to do? You remember what it was? I'm going to tithe. Boy, that's quiet. I was reading that. I was looking at all the examples of res resolutions that famous people made in the Bible, and I said, oh, my goodness. I've been tithing my whole life, and, and I had never noticed that Jacob said, oh, I've wrestled with God. I've seen the ladder. I've seen angels. I'm going to give to the kingdom of God. That's why we pray thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, because we know that God and his power, we are investing in a future for our families and our loved ones. And of course, we know that Jacob became exactly who God intended for him to be. And he tithed to the Lord. David, king of Israel, made two great resolutions. Let's stand together. The first was he resolved in Psalm 119. And I'm just, I'm, I'm done, but I want to mention this to you. I'd like us to have a moment of prayer. David, the king of Israel, resolved that he would read the Bible. Let me read it to you from the King James. Teach me, O Lord, the way. And I'm skipping some. I shall keep it unto the end. Verse 35. He resolved that he would read. Some of you are making these resolutions. I'm going to tell you. I'm not the least bit ashamed to tell you. You love the word of God. If you would read the word of God as much as you're watching this or doing that or playing with the phone or texting, I want to tell you, you could change the world with what the word of God is doing in your life. Could we just lift our hands and let's ask the Lord here for a moment. I, I want our, our musician to come. I want us to close with a chorus. Uh, also, one more thing. David resolved also in Psalm 116 verse 2. He resolved that he, let me read it. I love the Lord, he said. I'm reading the King James. Because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Verse 2. That's verse 1. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. He resolved to pray every day from that time forward. I wonder if we could just step out and let's gather in the aisle as close as we can. We're just going to sing. Uh, what are we singing? What is this again? Here I am. All right, come on. Let's bring your families. Let's gather. I want you to, if you could, let's make a resolution today. Lord, I'm going to commit my life just wherever you are. You don't have to, wherever you're standing, you can come closer. That's good. Oh, yes, here I am. Oh, here I am, Lord. Here I am. 
Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. We'll, we'll hold that off for a moment. Let's pray for one another right now. Take your family. Let's pray for one another. Father, Lord, this has been a, a word that has encouraged us to resolve, to pray, resolve, to give, resolve, to read the Bible, resolve, to keep the foundation in place. And Lord, what better time to do that than at the beginning of 2015? Lord, we are resolving to reach out to our neighbors and love like we've never loved. We resolve to, to draw our families closer together, to have meals together, to, uh, to undo some of the problems day by day by day by simply reading the Word of God and learning how to walk in it. I pray that every, everyone that's praying across this congregation today, I pray that their, that their resolutions, Lord, will be resolved in the Spirit of the Lord. And I pray, Lord, for each one that's under, Lord, the, the, the beautiful flowing of the Spirit right now, Lord, that you would have your way. We don't have, I don't have much voice, but uh, I want us to sing a cappella. We're, all, we're spread it all across here, and everybody's praying. We, we're, we're done, but I just want us to sing it a cappella. No music at all, just for a moment. Here I am, Lord. Help me out. I've lost my voice. Here I am. I give all myself to you. Here I am. Here I am. If you're praying for somebody, would you just lift your hand like this? Let's just pray for loved ones. Lord, right now, I feel like something very, very powerful has settled in to our hearts. God, that we're not going to just go about business as usual. But we're committing ourselves. We're going to do better, in other words. We're going to work harder. We're going to make progress. Lord, I know that I'm Here I am, Lord. Oh, here I am. Let your spirit flow through me. Sister French is coming. Could we just lift our hands? We're going to pray for every family that's a part of Apostolic Tabernacle. Come on, let's lift our hands together. We're going to reach out, Father. Lord, as the, as the minister, as the pastor of this church, Lord, I pray for every family, every life. I pray for protection. I pray for answers. I pray for encouragement, Lord. Lord, even as we face difficulties every morning, Lord, I pray that you will bless each one that's here today. And Lord, have your way and keep your hand upon us. Praise God. God is bigger than your problem. God's bigger. Now, I, that doesn't minimize your problem. But God is greater than your problem. That means he can handle it. 
And so we surrender it to him. Let's bow our heads, Father. Keep each one. Bring us back tonight. Bless our evangelists that are preaching tonight. Anoint. And Lord, keep your hand on each family. Lord, there are many needs. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.